I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. John Tavares has a hat trick. The Maple Leafs lead the Flyers 5-2 with four and a half minutes left in the third period. 12 and a half to go in Buffalo. Sabres and Penguins now in a 3-3 tie. World Series game four, top of the fifth. No score. Astros and Phillies. Raptors tonight taking on the Spurs. In the third quarter, 87-59. Now, pardon me, 87-62 now for the Raptors. Uh, about five minutes left in the third quarter. 87-62 for the Raptors. They are in control of that game. Oilers and Devils tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chet Puck drops at 7. A lot of talk about Fogelin and Smith today. The Oilers did not practice today. Had They had uh, the day off, so that's why we don't have uh, any uh, news storylines there out of the Oilers dressing room. I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports a gentleman um, who used to work in the 630 Jet Sports Department. He is now the host of a wonderful show on CJME Radio in Regina. It is called The Green Zone. It is Jamie Nye checking in this evening. Jamie, sir, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. How are you? I am doing very well. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. How are things in Regina? Did you, did you get... Did the snow we've been getting move that direction? Did you have some from earlier? Not quite Regina, but through some of Saskatchewan, it's getting a uh, wall up pretty good. I'm up more north, like PA National Park area. Some beautiful area up there, but it's uh, covered in snow now after it moved through Alberta. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hold on. I hope you hold on for as long as you can. I, I got to start here. I, I read the news release earlier. If people missed me talking about this, the CFL made a mistake, and Kellen and I were talking about that song, Hey, Now You're an All-Star, or maybe you weren't, or maybe you wouldn't, weren't, and now you are. But like, what, what happened here? What's your read on this uh, with the CFL putting out some of the wrong All-Stars for the divisions earlier today? Well, first off, it is completely embarrassing uh, for the Canadian Football League to have that go wrong. And like, I, I'm live on the air. We, we're two to six, so in the middle of, I, I had the original list, the list they sent out earlier this morning. And I'm like, how is Derek Dennis not an All Star? How is Ryan Seaver not an All Star? What's going on? How is Andrew Harris only played eight games an All Star? And I'm ranting and raving away. And then post media's Danny Austin tweets out, oh, they're uh, hearing that there's going to be a recount. And then more information comes in. Then they send out that news release. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. How did they screw this one up? And I don't. they, they allowed the fans vote to count on the awards. And I'm wondering, did they miscalculate and put way too much credence and way too much percentage on the fan vote or did they screw up who got first place votes weighted over second place votes whatever it is it's not a good look to have to rescind 
like a dozen or so guys that were all-stars earlier today who have to update their Instagram bios and say no longer a CFL all-star. Yeah, well, I, was it? Uh, I saw some, it might have been. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Nate Bahar. He was like, "How many guys are gonna have in their in their uh, in their bio that they were an all star for like two hours in 2022?" <laughs> it's it, it it is a weird one. You would hope a league wouldn't make that mistake. But yeah, I wonder if the the way they weighted the fan voting uh, might have weighed into that a little bit. So anyway, uh, onward and upward. Uh, the, our CFL teams aren't in the playoffs. You guys probably noticed in Regina. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, like the Elks had a tough season, they were expected to have a tough season. I, I'm not saying this to troll you or Rider Nation that listens in, because of course we have Rider fans here in Edmonton and area that listen to the show. I, I'm not saying this to troll them. I honestly think it might be true. As much as the Elks struggled late in the season and, and had some, you know, Toronto and Montreal games totally slip away that they could have won. I honestly think the Riders were worse than the Elks by the end of the year. And I'm not just saying that to bring you on the show and, and, and be a jerk. Like, they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't protect the quarterback. Uh, and what did the what did the Riders win? Two of their last 13 games? Yeah, Reed, you're not going to get an argument from me. If I was doing the power rankings, I might put the U of S Huskies above the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Canadian football because – it was the home loss. When they, they lost at home to the Edmonton Elks, that was it. They were the worst team in the Canadian Football League, and they continued to prove it. Got blown out by Winnipeg, uh, went to Hamilton, and that didn't go well. And then they had a meaningful game, switched quarterbacks, and got ran all over by the Calgary Stampeders. And then in the final game, they made Tommy Stevens look like Usain Bolt uh, coming out the, as the third-string quarterback running for 160 yards on two rushing plays. One was a third and one. He goes around the corner and takes off for 85 yards, and he's pulling away from DBs. Like, it was the way that season came down, the Rough Riders deserve to be looked at as the worst team in the Canadian Football League, not in terms of standings, because they aren't, thanks for the four wins in the first five games. But you go 2-11 and 11 in your final 13 and you're left going, what the heck happened to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and how did things go south so quickly? Okay, so tell me about the changes this week and from both your perspective and the listeners you deal with, did they go far enough with the changes? Well, as the season wore on, it was clear that changes were necessary. And I thought... Well, Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson, they had two West final appearances in their first two years, and you trash them after one bad season. And with Jeremy O'Day, I continue to make the defense of this is what he built. He drafted Keon Schaefer-Baker. He brought in Darnell Sankey. He also brought in Jonathan Woodard, who was good enough to go to the NFL last year, and Pete Robertson. And it, you, you see talent that he brought in. He made a great trade for Mario Alford who's the CFL's West nominee for most outstanding special teams player. So there were positives there. Did he fail in a few areas? Yes. Craig Dickinson, the head coach, I looked at and went, yeah, you want to give Craig another season, especially if they're changing quarterbacks. Like if they lost faith in Cody Fajardo and that was it, give him a new quarterback and see what he can do. But as that season wore on, it just seemed like there was a disconnect. So I thought there was a chance Craig Dickinson was going to get fired. He's not. He's back. But he and Jeremy O'Day need to prove it. Now, the offensive line coach, he needed to get fired 
three months ago for the way that offensive line w- was playing. Like, they were god-awful and not getting better. And Jason Moss and Cody Fajardo, it didn't seem like they were in, in, in tune with each other. And then it was interesting yesterday, Reed, when Craig Dickinson was asked about running the ball more because they did okay at running the ball. And he said, is that something you want more of? And he said, absolutely it is. I believe that you need to establish the line of scrimmage and then later on in a different answer he talked about he one of the things he learned was how important it is to have coaches and players and coach to coach and coach to player be on the same philosophy have the similar philosophies and i think that's where it was between he and jason moss they had differing philosophies he thought hey i'm going to hire jason moss because he has a good pedigree as a coach but clearly jason moss is a throw first guy and that wasn't working with the offense he had, and he wasn't adjusting either. So stubbornness probably got Jason Moss fired, and just bad offensive line play got the offensive line coach fired. But not enough change for Ryder fans. They wanted the whole thing lit up. So they're still kind of ticked off. They didn't get the change they wanted. Is Bo Levi the quarterback next year? Oh, I certainly hope so. I love (laughs) chaos. I love storylines. Bring Bo Levi Mitchell to Saskatchewan, please. That training camp will be fantastic. The quotes will be gold. Those games against Calgary will be legendary. Make it happen. Reed, can you make this happen for me? Because doing four hours of sports talk radio in Saskatchewan, nothing would please me more than Bo Levi Mitchell becoming the quarterback of the Rough Riders. Uh, two two memorable moments with Bo Levi Mitchell on this show uh, in 20 uh i can't remember what season it was riley was having a really good year Bo was hot out of the gate they were going to play i think it was in august i think it was before labor day and i i was prefacing the question hey you're doing well mike's doing well you know going along who the mop is thinking he's going to let me ask the question and then probably say nice things about mike and credit his teammates and just kind of leave it at that he cut me off and started going me me I'm the MOP. Mike has better stats because I never throw in the fourth quarter because we're ahead. I'm like, okay, that's good. And then remember when he got in trouble for tweeting some stuff? Uh, and then yeah. I had him on a, a couple weeks after that, and he, I asked him about it. He's just like, yeah, it's done. Like, just nothing. <laughs> he was probably told to shut up about it. So, anyway, yeah. he's uh, Well, he's a character. And that, that that's what – and, like, Cody Fajardo this season, he, he lost favor with Ryder fans because he kept on talking about the – he was just woe was me all the time. Cody was like, woe was me, and the fans are against me, you know. And then he gets benched, and he's like, oh, it looks like the chapter here is over. And people are like, what is – are you a pro quarterback? Like, what is happening here? Because people are expecting him to come out and say, no, I should be the number one guy. I still believe I'm the number one guy. And I'll support Mason Fine, all the good stuff, but also I'm the right guy to win games. That's how, what I believe. But it was just woe is me, and all the media is against me, and all the fans are against me, and it's hard to be the quarterback here. And it was Darian Durant never said stuff like that. Darian Durant welcomed it. He said, "Say, say, say crap about me. I don't care. I'm gonna go prove you wrong." And I think Ryder fans got that's the Bo Levi Mitchell attitude, right? which is whatever, say whatever you want about me. I'm going to prove you wrong. But uh, Cody didn't have that attitude, which I think rubbed Ryder Nation the wrong way. Uh, before I let you go, I, I know you watch a lot of NHL. Obviously, uh, you know, you covered the Oilers while you're here. 
early impressions. I, I'm, I'm curious to get a, a, you know somebody from another city, a, another market. They're seven and three. A uh, couple early impressions here of the Oilers. Well, it, it's 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 going to be the same storyline it is every year with the Oilers. Uh, they're going to offensively dominate in the regular season, and then they're going to meet somebody in the playoffs like the Colorado Avalanche last year, who are just completely well rounded. And can they? get the save when they need it can they lock it down on defense when they need to can they match up well enough to get past now i think they learned some lessons i think uh, i i related it on the show this week actually to was this last playoff season the year like the oilers in the early 80s when they went up against the islanders and realized oh, okay that's what it takes and was that that moment against the colorado avalanche in the Western Conference Final. We'll have to wait to see, but I, I would consider them the best team in Canada right now uh, and the best favorite to win the Stanley Cup if you're picking a Canadian team right here, right now. And I know it's only 10 games, but I don't understand why nobody would be watching Connor McDavid when he, when he, whenever he's on television because it's a heck of a show. Yeah, whenever he touches the puck, something might happen. Jamie, love having you on the show. I wish you uh, very much drama in Rider Nation to keep your talk show lively in the CFL offseason. Well, it's been, it's been a great end of the season, that's for sure. Hey, see you soon, buddy. Yeah, no problem, Reed. Jamie and I from CJ Ebby Radio uh, in in uh, Regina. Yeah, tough uh, tough go for uh, for Rider Nation after starting four and one. They went two and eleven the rest of the way. Always good to have uh, Jamie on the program. CFL playoffs coming up on Sunday. Calgary at BC. Hamilton at Montreal. 749. It's Inside Sports on Chet. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Astros have taken control. They have scored five times in the top of the fifth. They are still batting. Astros leading the Phillies 5-0. Game four of the World Series. Quickly checking the hockey scores. The uh, Leafs win at 5-2 over the Flyers. Tavares had a hat trick. Now 4-3 Buffalo leading the Penguins with four and a half minutes left in the third. Three goals in the third period for Buffalo. They trailed 2-1 after two. And the Raptors in San Antonio, fourth quarter, man, the Raptors are blowing them out. It is 109.75 with nine and a half minutes left. 780-496-0063, the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. Kellen, what do we have? A couple of quick ones for you before we sign off tonight. Let's go to Scott first. He says, hey, Reed, I'm absolute, I absolutely love every time you have Kenny Danico on. I'm an Oiler guy through and through, but players like Kenny the drummer are truly the glue that holds and molds a team like Foggy. So congrats to both of them on for the honors they receive this week. 
Yeah, well, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love having Danico on the show as well. Good storyteller, a lot of great experience, and a hell of a broadcaster as well. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Capilano texting in tonight, Uh-oh. and he's got a question for you. He says, Uh-oh. if Andrew Cogliano stick for scoring free straight game-winning overtime goals uh, is in the <laughs> Hockey Hall of Fame, and it's such a big achievement, would Cogliano go in, into the Oilers' wall of honor once he is retired? Well, I think that's a, a question. Could we put objects in the Oilers Hall of Fame? Well, they got that Hall of Fame room downstairs. I would imagine that that's where. Well, it would that's go, right? true. I guess, but like a formal induction, you know, like this sticks. Uh, like I don't know what's. Do we have something like that in Oilers history? Because remember, oh, which Olympics was it? Remember the the Americans had the empty net and it hit the goalpost. And then Canada came back and won. Like yeah. That post could be in the Canadian Hockey Hall of Fame. Do we have a famous object that helped win a game? I, I don't for the Oilers. I don't know. I, I, Robin Capilano, I always enjoy your uh, text. Hope you got some uh, a nice uh, craft beer store nearby in Capilano. I appreciate that, buddy. Anything else, Kel? Uh, we just got one quick one here that just came in from an unknown texter, but he's just asking, hey, what's the scoop for tomorrow? Are you guys there in the ceremony or what's going on? Well, yes, we are. Yes, we are. I will remind everybody one more time. So the uh, same time for our broadcast. Face-off show at 5.30, game at 7. If you're going to the game, the doors open at 5. The ceremony is at 6. We will air the ceremony. We will have the ceremony as part of the face-off show. Right on. Hopefully, that person's happy. Oh, I heard the news there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) The news button is right above the button for the bed, and uh, yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) Okay, it was just kind of funny. Okay, well, that does it. So, yeah, we got the broadcast tomorrow. I mentioned the time. Stoffer has uh, orders now from noon to 2, so make sure you check that out as well. Thanks to our guests this evening, Jamie Nye and Ken Danico. Uh, Good to talk to uh, Fogland and Smith today. We had interviews with Paul Coffey and... uh, Louis DeBrusque on the show as well. I almost said Jake DeBrusque. It was Louis that was on the show. Dave Campbell's a producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.